You're listening to The Yarn. It's a podcast for the Australian wool industry. I'm Ellie Bigwood. For as long as the Australian wool industry remembers, the Lucy Fly and Fly Strike have been the bane of our existence. Fly Strike prevention has been a key part of AWI's research and development program to tackle this welfare issue that costs the Australian wool industry $173 million a year in prevention and treatment and productivity losses. But are we making headway in reducing Lucy's impact on our flock? Today, AWI's General Manager of Research, Dr Jane Littlejohn, joins us on the yarn to discuss in detail the latest research occurring to combat fly strike and give wool growers more tools in their toolbox to reduce their flock's risk to the issue. Jane, we love having you on the yarn, so thank you for joining us again. Let's talk about AWI's fly strike prevention program. Can you give us an update on the latest research? Well, the star of our program is really the vaccine development by CSIRO and the University University of Melbourne is supporting that. The history, I suppose, is that AWI asked University of Melbourne to resequence the fly genome. So out of thousands of of genes, uh, CSIRO went away and themselves did some mining of that, those gene sequences, to identify proteins that could be a vaccine. Now, they did that at their cost over about three years, I think. And then they came to us with a proposal. So they'd sort of done all the grunt work and took away some of the risk and presented us with 20-odd genes. We had sort of cross-referenced that with University of Melbourne's work because they wanted to do some of that work as well. And we really think that that CSIRO work took out a bit of the risk and we agreed to um, take that project further. So we've now got a fantastic collaboration between CSIRO and the University of Melbourne. Um, and CSIRO is doing the vaccine development work and the Uni of Melbourne is, I suppose, doing the, the finessing around how the vaccine might be useful across Australia. So uh, Uni of Melbourne's just really got quite a wide scope and part of that is to have um, adult blowflies and maggots, blowfly maggots, and look at the DNA or the gene similarity depending on where the flies came from. So, you know, is a New South Wales fly the same as a South Australian fly? Or, and are they very, very different from a WA fly? Because there's no point us or CSIRO developing a vaccine if it's only going to work in one region. So we've recently had a call out for all maggots and blowflies and we've received maggots and blowflies. Is that what these samples are being used for? Yeah, there's two projects that we're collecting samples for and hopefully the, all these samples will be shared between the two projects. So we've got the University of Melbourne looking at um, how similar genes are across Australia across the multiple Lucilia species. So we've got Lucilia cuprina dorsalis and we've got Lucilia cuprina cuprina and then, of course, we've got Lucilia sericata. So all of them in, in some way are part of the puzzle of, of fly strike and the genetic mix. So that's one aspect. And then we've got the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries project 
who are looking at chemical resistance. So flies are becoming resistant to the cyromazine and the dicyclinol prevention chemicals. So they're collecting maggots from struck sheep and uh, we certainly want them to share those maggots with the University of Melbourne and the University of Melbourne are collecting adult flies in fly traps and we want to share back so it's all very very collaborative. So I suppose by getting those regional differences, getting the flies genetics from across Australia with the blowflies and then getting that chemical resistance you can incorporate that information into the vaccine development, I assume. The, the study of the genome is revealing some areas of, or some, some genes that are showing evolution or adaptation. Now, I don't know that the researchers have yet pinned down whether it's drug resistance that they're adapting to, but they can certainly see some evolution over time, evolution between populations, let's say. So, yeah, there's... There is so much to research. It's unbelievable. The other thing that we're that Uni of Melbourne are doing are they've the old breech fly strike flocks out of CSIRO that had a resistant line of sheep and a susceptible line of sheep. They've taken some of those sheep and they're doing um, studies where they'll implant some larvae, blowfly larvae, and try and work out. I suppose at the molecular level or the the at the interface of the fly and the sheep, just at the beginning of the strike, really what happens with the chemistry, with the cells, with the genes of both the sheep and the fly in a resistant sheep that's genetically or bred to be resistant and a susceptible sheep. So that's going to provide more information. It's just like a Pandora's box that we just want to open up and then, you know, if we had so much money like Bill Gates, we could do a massive amount of research. So it's... It, will be exciting in the next three years. Let's talk a little bit more about the fly strike vaccine. We are one year into what is a four-year project. It's the headline act of our research into fly strike. So it's no small project. We're investing $2.5 million into this project over the four-year period, which is a lot of our wool growers' money. Prior to committing this figure into the project, was there strong evidence to suggest that this money would be well spent? Well, I did um, give you a bit of a history about how we tried to reduce the risk. Syro came to us and we said, no, go away, <laughs> too risky. And they, to their credit, they persisted and they did the work without us. And they came up with 20-plus candidates for the vaccine and just reduced the risk. So we were quite pleased. And, look, I've been around for a while and... The calls for decades from producers for a fly strike vaccine have been constant. And researchers have talked about it all the time. So, yeah, it's the holy grail in the toolbox for fly strike management. And credit to Syro for coming back with a yeah. convincing proposal there. Yeah. That's fantastic. Do you think that this vaccine could be targeted so that it could be a long term solution? Well, I'm not going to stick my neck out, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, as we know with the flu vaccine with people, and flu is a virus, but it does change. And as we've seen with the blowflies and chemical resistance, organisms adapt. So I could never say that any vaccine doesn't need updating and assessing. What we do know is with the progress on genomics and proteomics and glycomics and all those scientific fields, the fact that we've got a really good genome sequence for the fly... We've got 
lower and every year the cost of genomic investigations gets lower and I can guarantee that if there are some proteins that are found to be um, raise an antibody response in a sheep and some resistance does develop those scientific disciplines that end in omics they will be able to identify what the next vaccine will be it's just about establishing that that first vaccine gets the drug companies interested gets producers using it and um, once you've got that market set up and people can see the results you can guarantee that there'll be further development to cope with any resistance that does appear in years to come. So the vaccine would work in a way that gives the sheep its own protection like the antibodies that you just mentioned. Would those antibodies that the sheep creates how would how would they target blowfly larvae what do they do to disrupt its natural living to kill it basically um the there's a syro plans to not just have one what we call antigen or one protein that creates an immune reaction but a suite of them so as the blowfly larvae when they first start the strike they'll nibble away at and irritate the skin and they'll feed off secretions from the sheep. Now, those secretions will contain the antigens, which is the immune defence that the sheep has circulating. And as soon as that blowfly starts to feed, there's sort of an inter- interaction. So the, the antigens from the blowfly larvae enter the sheep the sheep develops the antibodies that come back out in their secretions and then the larvae eat some of those antibodies so it's a real catch-22 for the blowfly larvae that's for sure because they're stimulating the sheep's immune system the sheep's immune system goes oh I recognize what that that is that comes from a blowfly and it the sheep's immune system just says right I'm going to produce more of these antibodies and that'll end up being fed to the larvae and the larvae will die so it'll slow the slow the development of the larvae and hopefully the sheep's um, sheep's immune system will stop that strike and stop other strikes and the wound will heal so i understand you can't say whether it will be a long-term solution has there been any research of this kind so far or is this the first that has been tested it's it's not the first type of vaccine that uses what we call secreted proteins there's a similar vaccine for barber's pole and i'm not aware of any resistance development um, with that vaccine at at this point in time but the fly strike vaccine is going to be a little bit more sophisticated in that it will manufacture it will be based on specific molecules not just mushdell fly so um, it'll be targeted molecules that raise the antigenic response. So it'll, it'll be a bit more sophisticated. Um, the researchers are obviously optimistic. I'm cautious because I have seen vaccines be developed and then sit on a shelf uh, for one reason or another. They might be too expensive. They might have to be used too frequently. They may cause unacceptable reactions. They may you know, not have a, be as potent as we would like. A whole range of reasons. So vaccine development is a risk, but this chance was too, too good to go past. And we don't have another significant research development in the, in the pipeline. So uh, vaccine was the next logical step. 
So it is pretty exciting having a fly strike vaccine in progress. What other alternatives, until we reach that point of hopefully a fly strike vaccine development, what breach fly strike techniques or what do we have that's currently available? Um, we still have mulesing. Best practice mulesing is, of course, with pain relief. And our research shows that two types of pain relief is best practice, and that is the, um, the topical solution and the analgesic or anti-inflammatory, which is given either by an injection or as a paste in the mouth. And also consider the, the size of that mules area. You know, you may only want to take a smaller strip of perineum. You may want to just take um, a strip off the tail. But you need to be questioning, or producers need to be questioning, the size of that mules. Because as people select or take out of their flock sheep that get struck, and generally that you generally don't tend to keep sheep in the flock that are struck repeatedly. You just people just say, I've had enough of that and they're they're cold. But as you continuously do that, you're selecting for sheep that are are more and more resistant to fly strike. As wool growth increases people are tending to have eight you know moving to eight monthly shearing or even six monthly shearing that introduces another crutch and that can be a way of reducing your risk therefore reducing the size of your mules other people are certainly getting on top of their dag we know that worm egg count testing is increasing people can see the value in monitoring their egg counts so they know the best time to drench. Drench resistance testing has yet to increase, but if people do that, then they can choose the best drench. So that's all about reducing your DAG. And if you reduce your DAG, you take away a massive amount of risk for fly strike. And general health, so nutrition, what we've seen with our um, reproduction extension program which is our lifetime ewe management people are so much more informed about how to better feed your ewes so those ewes aren't going through that that stress and that weight loss to do with pregnancy and and rearing a lamb and when they're maintaining good condition their immune system is better and they naturally resist strike they naturally resist worm infections and another tool is reducing the wrinkle by breeding from low wrinkle sheep. Even if you have mules, you can still look at their necks and their bodies and neck wrinkles related to breech wrinkles, so you can reduce the wrinkle in using the neck wrinkle. So we call fly strike a multifactorial disease, and it's not just hot weather and rain. There's so many sheep factors as well that lead to disease, and that's why we have a toolbox of all sorts of practices that lower your risk of fly strike. So people make a concentrate on the word mulesing, but it's only one of many, many tools that everybody uses all throughout the year to reduce their fly strike risk. Can you give us an update on liquid nitrogen, also known as steining? Where is that at? The owners of that process call it uh, sheep freeze branding. I unfortunately don't have any information on that, Growers are much better talking to those that company directly because they're the experts and I'm, I'm afraid I'm not. AWI certainly did invest early on in a, a, a very early prototype of liquid nitrogen to treat the perineum and remove some of that wrinkle, but I can't comment on 
on the sheep freeze branding process. AWI's 2020 Flystrike Prevention RDNA technical update is coming up on the 2nd of April. What else might we be able to expect on the agenda? Well, you'll get a genetics update, you'll get a a fly DNA population update, you'll get a vaccine update, you'll get a parabos update, worms. It, look, at the list goes on. As many tools that we've got, as we've got in the toolbox, you'll get an update on. And I can't wait because I love them and it's, it's just so interesting. Well, gauging from your reaction and the smile on your face, you are pretty excited about what is in the toolbox for managing, as you were saying earlier, a producer's risk to try and minimise the possibility of fly strike occurring. So we look forward to seeing all this research progress and hopefully get some really positive results for growers. Jane, thank you for being on The Yarn today. Well, thanks for asking some questions about our fly strike program. It's really good. You can view the latest breach flystrike prevention publications online at wool.com and the information from the 2020 flystrike prevention RDNE technical update will also be put online. So what are your thoughts? We love your feedback at the yarn at wool.com. And of course, if there is a topic that you think would be worth addressing on the yarn, do get in touch with us and let us know. We're on Twitter at Wool Innovation and Instagram at Beyond the Bale. That's all for today. I'm Ellie Bigwood. Thank you for tuning in and I look forward to our next yarn.